Hello, I'm Kerry Lunigan. Welcome to The Weekly Grill, proudly sponsored by Elders. Today, one of the most consumed red meats in the world. No, it's not number one in terms of consumption, as I've heard claimed many, many times, but it's up there at about number four behind chickens, beef, sheep, and it's just in front of pigs. There are about a billion goats in the world, of which about 2.3 million are in Australia. To talk about goats, where the industry is at at present and where it's headed, let's welcome the boss of the goat abattoir at Charleville in Western Queensland, Campbell McPhee. Campbell, welcome. You are on the grill. Hi, Kerry. Yeah, no, thanks for having us on. Now, Campbell, goats are not easy, as we know. Abattoirs are far from easy indeed. What's your background which has led you to run Australia's largest goat abattoir? I guess it's a more... Uh, kind of a, a family background. We, you know, we've been involved with meat processing, you know, I guess, in, from the late 70s onwards. And the goats are kind of that one, that one protein that we kind of dabbled in years ago when we were involved with Blaney Abattoirs in the you know, early 90s, even before Charleville was built, back when Forbes was killing goats then. And we kind of w- watched that space from a distance. And I guess when the opportunity ar- arose and we believed in the early 2000s, mid 2000s, yeah, the meat job was always going to be on the march, and there was a room, an opportunity, and Charleville had been sitting on the market for years, and, and uh, yeah, we decided to bite the bullet in 2010 and, and, and take it over. There certainly had some ups and downs over the years. The, uh, the the goat world, haven't they? I remember they used to fly plane loads out of the north, and of course, and yes. then and then the the market would fall out or fall through the cellar for some reason. That's right. Yeah, well, it even goes back earlier that we used to be kind of delivered to uh, the pet food boxes and, and, and yeah. you know, people were getting like you know, 30 cents a kilo or, or you know, whatever they could for them. But uh, it's certainly come a long way over the last 30 years and um, you know, it's kind of lucky that you know, we've been able to see it grow yes, and grow into what it is today. 30 cents a kilo, indeed. Now, I checked with the MLA and their record show goat meat over the hooks has gone from $9 a kilo just to a couple of years ago. To below yes. four dollars a kilo, that is some drop, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, there's some drop, but it's also it was some increase as well. So I guess you know, goats are going through that its history, and at the moment it's kind of looking for its equilibrium you know, on the world stage. And the world stage as a consumption, it, it, we our throughput and the ease of moving meat's probably never been better, mainly because the price is affordable for so many nations. Yes, now. Why, but let's um, go back to that price rocket. What was going mm. on in the world? What was this price uh, going sky high? What drove it? Was it su- supply or demand? Yeah, it, it was a supply. We did lower our, our kill numbers way back in the last four years, mainly because uh, people were restocking, uh, weather conditions uh, added to it. Uh, as prices were increasing, people were obtaining nannies and increasing herds, and there's only one nation was really uh, able to meet a price and demand that they got some supply, and that was America, and uh, they certainly, you know, they were in the market to pay for it. I remember uh, at one stage, goat meat was uh, dearer than lamb. Yeah, definitely, yeah. He spent a, a number of years dearer, dearer than lamb, and we probably believe it's probably more sustainable in between the, the mutton and lamb prices when it does settle down. It always should be better than mutton because it's got so many avenues there's so many products of it that can be value-added, where it was mutton is a bit more of a commodity, but the actual goat, you know, it can be done as a skin on, as a skin off, it can be browned, it, the heads and feet and, and all the other options that, that it has um, certainly puts it in, in, in uh, into a, an area which, you know, it, it, should, it should be always a, a, a 
product which is yeah. well above the mutton price. Yes, yeah, so even but even at nine dollars a kilo, you were still exporting quite a lot of goat meat, weren't you? Yes, yes. We, 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 yeah, majority has always been exported out of Australia. I think we're up to about you know, about fifteen percent going domestic, which has grown over the years. But it's uh, certainly been you know, a, a major stream has always been exported. Now, what did actually drive the, the the price fall? Was it COVID, or were there a number of factors? There was a huge number of factors, but COVID was involved, and uh, the American economy and shipping, and and it was a, a perfect storm. Shipping was a key factor, wasn't it? That went through. The oh, definitely, there. definitely, because there's a slow slow movement of meat going through the system, and, and people being you know, caught with high prices. Overseas and and cheaper meat coming behind yeah. certainly gave it gave a few a few a belly ache and, and that kind of it started off as a small thing and then it grew larger and it grew larger and people just you know, withdrawing from purchasing and uh, because uh, yeah they all wanted to see where it was going to end up and it ended up where it did and yeah you know, we were lucky over the last few months that we were able to re-engage with some old markets and, right. and getting getting the product really moving at a quicker speed than it was last. Yeah, nothing scares people or nothing fixes high prices like high prices, as I say so often. Back to $4 yeah. or so a kilo. Are your, so your markets are re-emerging now? Yeah, yeah. Well, we've certainly got um, large interest in, in, in large volumes in area that, areas that we haven't been to for a, a period because they were kind of priced out of the job. Which has kind of given America, yeah, our main market, USA, a bit of time to go through its inventory and um, and, and catch up again from where it was, and uh, and and we all go forward together. So yeah, no, the future is looking good again. Yeah, let's let's get some basics about uh, goats. So what's the average live weight when you put the goat into the abattoir? Yeah, it's kind of uh, the live weights have been changing recently because there's been more. Uh, Improvement in management techniques and different different meat goats, stone goats being put out on top of some of the ranges of goats. So the weight ranges are from on a carcass weight. We used to average over a year about the 16 kilos. We're, we're moving up towards the 18, 19 kilos uh, over over a, a per annum slaughter. 18 kilo carcass weight. That's terrific. That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, you know, I mean, it's an interesting thing because the main customers are used to getting a smaller product. So we're having to educate. Yeah, customers overseas that the goat's still as lean as it was, but they're having to um, purchase it at, at a higher weight range. One of the key factors of running goats, of course, is the fecundity rate. Tell us about that. I know it's astronomical compared to other other animals. Usually, goats you know, they they join quite young, especially in a managed uh, situation where they rarely miss their first cycle, and and, and the kids are generally having kids, and uh, by the time they get around to the second cycle. Or the second kidding, they're having twins and having twins for the majority of their lives. Wow! They yeah, and, and they can have twins. You know, they can go from every eight months and go again. And so, you know, within sixteen months, you've got one nanny that's produced uh, four four offspring. So they're busy. Nanny, um, they're busy they're, nannies, aren't they? They're busy nannies. So yeah, and and, and young male bucks they're, they're quite famous for being. Uh, High in vigor, vigor as well. <laughs> They're busy as well, I guess. <laughs> now, back to those markets again. West Coast America was always a huge market. How is this nowadays? I'm told is a, and is is it big or getting bigger or re-emerging? What's the, what's the state? Yeah, yeah, it's, it, it, it has been growing over years. Even though we've got this glitch in the market, which is a bit of a correction that kind of needed to happen. Uh, but the, the, those consumers are still there and they're still buying, and uh, they've got a lot of interest going forward and. The actual those family based, you know, goat meat is one of those products which is mainly consumed at home, and 
a family based kind of product. And those families are quite large families and they're, they're getting bigger. And so, yeah, definitely the consumption of the West Coast is growing as well as the East Coast. We see the, the demand in the States as it continues to increase, especially on a, on a lower price grade as they got at the moment. I'm, st- I'm told there's a, a fair chunk of Aussie goat meat in frozen storage in America. Is that the case, or have you managed to get rid of that? Very ha- having a bit of time off now because we're sending a lot of products elsewhere. It's giving me um, all that kind of backlog time to get, go through the system, which is um, what it needed to happen. And fortunately, uh, we can redirect and uh, you know, we're, we're not on eggs and all one basket industry. Mm-hmm. We've got other places we can go, and which is what the industry needs to go forward. And you know, even with the increased throughput this year, um, we're, yeah, we're going to see uh, we're going to see the Americans have a bit of time out, and uh, but we look forward to them re-emerging. I know you're keen on the prospects in the Caribbean. Yeah, the Caribbean has uh, always been a, a, a long-term customer, and, um, and and they're happy to see the prices kind of where they are at the moment. So their ability to to get back in the market certainly has grown again. And the free trade agreement we've not long signed with the United Kingdom. Is there any potential there? Do you think? Yeah, there's, we have, we've got a lot of potential there, especially with our unique products with um, our skin-on goats, uh, which is something we know there's a demand for in the UK and they, and they have a, a trouble accessing from other nations. So, you know, we're heavily involved with the negotiations there and um, giving them some technical information and, and helping the Australian government get those final protocols signed off so we can get that trade going through there. But that's a you know, huge potential if, if, if that comes off. And the other one I want to talk about, we've got a relatively uh, new FTA free trade agreement with India where there has been a 30% tariff on Aussie goat meat. Has that or will that tariff be removed? That tariff hasn't been removed yet. The sheep have had the luxury of it, but the goats didn't get brought around in the first round. I'm told it's still up, it's still in the conversation, but yeah, our kind of belief that the Indian government has always been fairly protectionist. Fairly protectionist. Fairly protectionist. And they love to have the belief they can supply themselves. Yeah. And, and I guess the, the goat industry is so big over there, uh, yeah. every grazier, every farmer would have a goat or, or more. Yeah. And they um, they look to protect that side of it. So you know, it's um, never say never, but you know, as the negotiations continue, you know, and, and we encourage them to continue, hopefully we will get be able to supply some of the uh, more urban customers. They are appallingly protectionist. Um, in the, uh, <laughs> yeah. Now, yes. Campbell, I want to know, now introduce uh, Beef Central colleague Eric Barker. I think you know him quite well, actually. Eric is BC's carbon guru, but also one of his favourite animals is the goat, and he's a former charitable local. So, Campbell, here's Eric. He's going to discuss exclusion fencing and its uh, impact on goat supply, plus the possibility of lot feeding goats. Uh, take it away, Eric. Yeah, g'day, Kerry and, and Campbell. And it's funny you mentioned that growing up in Charleville. I've sort of been able to watch the development of Western Meat Exporters over the years. I watched it burn down and then I watched it be rebuilt and gone for a couple of school excursions there. And I actually um, was out there with you last year, Campbell, having a look at the latest expansion that you've gone through. And we were talking a bit about all of the investment into exclusion fencing uh, that's gone on in, in Western Queensland. But but this latest expansion, how much can you attribute that to the exclusion fencing that's all, all gone up out in Western Queensland? Without that investment you know, into the exclusive fencing, we probably wouldn't have done the reinvestment back into ourselves. You know, it's made a huge difference. You know, in 2017, 18, we were you know, at a bit of a crossroads working out where we're going to keep supply coming from. And we had a lot of graziers telling us, uh, 
you know, this was the last time they would be able to achieve it with the dogs have pushed them out. And since the fencing has gone up and, you know, hats off to the governments who have been involved, I guess Anastasia's government has been fairly strongly involved. Her involvement has been quite, from speaking with her, it's been quite personable with her. And she, and I, and I praise them for, for really, you know, getting behind what was required and getting the, yeah, the sheep and goats behind wire and giving the, the cattle guys who wanted that protection and protect the pastures has um, certainly been you know, re- revigorated the town and given us the belief that investing in our business was the right thing to do. How much has the exclusion fences been uh, about uh, wild dogs or, or about you know also keeping the, the goats in? Well, I think it's um, yeah, I, I, don't, I think it's been more initially it was more about wild dogs and sheep protection. And uh, and also the um, you know the, the, we had cattle grazers who were involved in it who who also did um, the you know, protection fences uh, it, the uh, and the goats kind of got dragged alongside and you know, people realised the benefit well all all of a sudden now we've got a tool we can start to manage our animals behind wire or we've accidentally captured a mob behind wire and here we have our kind of our own um, wild harvest goats behind our fences so. It's um, certainly uh, given the goats the, the chance to restock uh, and, and breed up in, into these areas where they're almost uh, wiped out. So, so what, what impact has it had on your procurement area? Has it sort of shored it up a bit a bit more locally? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, we, we, we Traditionally here we were sourcing goats, you know, 1,000 kilometres to the south and 1,000 to the north, and now we're, we're a lot more we're able to brand our product as a as a central west and, and a southwest Queensland kind of product, uh, and it's um, certainly given us the improvement of, of continuity of supply. Because even uh, one of our biggest issues used to be because we're surrounded by dirt roads, and whenever Mother Nature said that she was going to rain, we would we would come to a screaming halt. But now we have you know, the ability to move stock and get stock in and out pretty much all year round without any uh, any hiccups. And you know, people have you know, moved their yards and. And, and built yards closer to better access points. When before it was just opportunity, no one would muster it when they knew a weather system was coming. Um, and so we just basically had to wait for it to start up again. So the the, the opportunity harvested what was that, and it gave us uh, not the continuity of supply that we needed, but this um, semi-managed or managed goes now behind wire has certainly um, you know, given us ability. We know what we're doing every week and, and every day, there's no reason for us not to be uh, processed. You spoke a bit before, Campbell, about um, you know rangeland goats ending up behind wire, but uh, mm. you know with with people now being able to to manage goats uh, a bit more in, intensively and, and keep them in paddocks and, and whatnot. What what impact has that had on the you know the quality of the stock that's coming through the plant? Yeah, we see a, a, a younger article coming through, and also uh, you get more of a line of animals. So. Yeah, we've got graziers who, who can tell us that you know, they're going to send their goats in eight months and there's going to be 2,000 of them and they're all going to be mirroring image of each other. And before before fences, we never had that opportunity. Basically, whatever they caught, whatever they harvest, whatever they trap, they put it on the truck and they set them and we just had to sort it out. Big, small, ugly, whatever. So now it's um, we could go to our market and say, we've got this product now and it comes in this line and you know, would you accept it at a higher price? So we've certainly, um, certainly changed our... Our uh, the type of goats that we received, and uh, you know the the ability for grazers to get them off their properties quicker, they're not having to wait you know, eighteen months to get them to a killable weight. They're they're managed and they're 
people to select what pastures they're on or what they're browsing and, and then put some improvement into the genetics and uh, able to turn them off quicker, which has got to be helpful as far as you're managing pastures going forward, especially in this area where you're more likely to run into a drought than not. Yeah, and, and as Kerry mentioned before, um, I was also a bit keen to, to have a chat about uh, the idea of, of lot feeding goats. I've seen some... Mm. Certainly seen some investment, you know, on the Darling Downs and, and, and whatnot into lot feeding sheep. Um, mm. What about for goats? Have you looked into that? Yeah, we've had a, a lot of inquiries um, from people who have been looking into that space. And, um, yeah, there's been some – I know there's been some investment with the, the sheep and lambs and, and people looking that if the opportunity was there, they would they would also take on goats if the markets uh, – if the market and the pricing was right. So I think, yeah, that, that – that is something that will come forward in the future. Have you heard any feedback on, on what it's like to try and, and, and lot feed a, a goat? I'd imagine they'd be climbing all over everything. <laughs> the, um, I know there's been trials done. I know the Gatton University and Geica and, and others have been sponsoring programs to work out feed ratios and, and management techniques for um, feedlotting. So you know, that kind of data, that information is starting to come forward now and yeah, and we're all we're all um, looking looking forward to see where where that takes us. Have you been getting any lot fed goats yet? There's been a few which have said they're kind of semi feed like they're off feeders, and uh, been in managed in small paddocks. Not, I wouldn't say like as people would picture a feedlot system. They're not in a traditional feedlot system, but they are in a um, seed ratio system. So uh, we have been getting a few of those, but yeah, very very small at this stage. And before I um, hand it. Back to, to Kerry, you spoke a bit before about the, the price of goats, which has just, you know, really sort of come off in the last six months. And, um, you know, just given all of this investment that's gone into exclusion fences and, um, you know, and also goat genetics uh, and research, as you mentioned, do, do you have any concerns about that side of business with with these prices? Not, not really. When I kind of look at more of it, not the last five years, but the last 30 years and where we've come from. And uh, where we've been able to sustain it for so long and keep it at, at, a, at a viable level, and um, it needs to go in, needs to go into a this yeah you know, it's kind of the, the the drop in the price that we kind of needed to see to make sure people weren't overcapitalizing in, in some areas. And I think that might have been the case that we might have been going down to some pathways a little bit too strong. That the uh, now people could regather, rethink, and, and as prices we look forward to them improving, but. Um, yeah, you know, it's kind of. I think in a way it was a it was a good thing that because we had a lot of newcomers coming in the industry. I think the folks who have been involved in going industry for the last twenty years, um, they saw how it went, and they were all you know, waiting for something to happen because they all believe a lot of people believe it was unsustainable, but um, it's certainly sustainable at, at a red meat level. And you know, if it, if it ends up being running between the uh, the mutton and lamb prices going forward over the years, I think it's a, a very sustainable, viable option for a lot of grazers in, in Western Queensland and the Western Districts of New South Wales to um, you know, to invest in because it's uh, the low cost of production of the animal, which, which we traditionally was. We made it the other way. And uh, and it's a, it's a great you know, animal that can handle the conditions out here at right. Well, thanks, Campbell. And, and there's no doubt we'll be... Uh, in touch as the as the, the goat story uh, develops, but I'll, I'll hand it back to you now, Kerry. Thanks, Eric. That uh, exclusion fencing um, mentioned there, Campbell. That's that's a real game changer for the industry, isn't it? 
well, certainly, certainly for this part of the world, for sheep and, and, and any small stock in, in, in this region and, and the region and Central West, that we basically they, it was coming to an end. And um, the way it's turned around, the conversation from negativity from, uh, you know, we're getting out of small stock yeah. into now, you know, we're looking to go in, we're taking on more, we're restocking. That conversation, you know, in a matter of five years, where it went to and where it came to was terrific. And you know, I guess hats off to the to, to all, all involved. I'm not too sure about lot feeding goats. I think they might be too busy for any lot feed that I know. But uh, yes. good luck with that. And grain finished uh, goat is something to ponder as well, I guess. Yeah, that's right. The, the domestic uh, consumption always looks for that higher end kind of product. Yeah. And, uh, I guess a butcher could uh, have that in his display cabinet and, and he might be able to market it. Yeah. So it's Cam- an option for some. Yeah, so, Campbell, you're a charitable amateur. What's the kill number per week at the present? Uh, we'll, we'll push it back up to three, three thousand per day, so the fifteen thousand per wow. week. Okay. Um, we're just working on getting a bit more staff, so we can achieve that again. We're probably about twenty eight hundred a day now, so we've already increased um, on last year by about five thousand a week. So, um, and we look to take that up a little bit higher again. So, yeah, things many, are going forward as our labour is coming forward. How many employed and mostly locals? I guess are they? Well, child, you've got to be a local. We. I mean, you can't drive back anywhere, so no. you're here, you're here. But we we get a uh, we have a, about 180 on site at the moment, and if we can move into an afternoon shift, we will. And uh, but yeah, but most of the people, yeah, we, we exhaust the domestic labour market as much yes. as possible. So, it's a, a difficult kind of town because there's, there's no um, nightclubs or no McDonald's and no beaches. No. But um, it's certainly got its other attractions, which uh, for the right people, it's a beautiful place. Now, Campbell, if you had the staff, could you operate another shift? Could you just turn it on almost immediately? Yes, yes, definitely. Yes. So we're we're looking at Avenue at the moment, seeing if we can see if we can go down that path because we have definitely definitely have the customers overseas that can handle the product, but we just need to get more production. So, production uh, levels are lower than where they have been yeah. in previous years, like in 2015-16, we had 2.3 million across Australia, and now we're kind of about. Yeah, we've been 1.6 last year, so we got a little bit of catch up to get back where we were. And you know, labour is a big key in, in in that story. Have you got an answer to that, uh, Campbell? What how to labor. solve the labour problem? Yeah, exhaust all avenues. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So we're we're doing what we can with the Pacific Labour Scheme, which is certainly helped during the COVID, uh, and uh, we continue to have them here. And the um, as a you know, the, the backpackers starting to move back in. And they can move into a more of a after we train them, we can move them into a, a four eight two and get them into permanent residence. Um, and, and some of the old, you know, the traditional areas, you know, that enticing people into these regions and um, you know, changing our type of work that we do on site, uh, making it more, um, you know, it's a lot more tech savvy, less hands on, um, making more the, the actual industry more appealing for. The, the, the current labour market, so and that seems to be working. I think our the amount of ladies on site now we're almost fifty percent because of the, the type of uh, work that is put in front of us is not the, the traditional hard slog it was. It's a lot more um, you know, user friendly, so to speak. Campbell McPhee, good luck with that, and thank you so much for being with us on Beef Central. Thank you so much. It's been an intriguing uh, session. No worries, Jerry. Thanks for the invite. And thank you for joining me today. Until next time, I'm Kerry Lonigan and this is The Weekly Grill, proudly sponsored by Elders. <laughs>